This is Generation Green's Wildflower Project, the podcast that starts conversations to create connections on this journey we're all doing called life. Together, we can grow through what we go through and bloom in spite of it all. So let's be like wildflowers and see where the wind blows us. Hello and welcome back to Generation Green's Wildflower Project. I'm your host, Sherry Sobey, and today I'm sitting down with my co-host, Allison, and I want you to get to know her, and I want you to know her story, and I want you to know how we're connected and how we, uh, we believe that we were meant to be in each other's lives. So, hi, Allison. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> so, I'm first of all, this is, um, you know, this is going to be getting vulnerable, you know, in sharing your story. So I want to thank you right off the hop in case I forget about thanking you for being that vulnerable. Oh, no problem. Thanks for letting me share it and for putting up with me because you never know what can happen when you (laughs) talk about vulnerable things. Absolutely. So I first met Allison. um, I'll just give you a little bit of history here. I guess it was, oh my gosh, so many years ago now, uh, originally. Her daughter, Amy, was, I think around 15, something like that, when she started dating my oldest son. And there was just something about this girl that I I really, really liked. And I think I there was almost something about her that made me envision if I had had a daughter, that that's what she was going to look like. There was just something so sweet about her. And uh, when that young relationship came to an end, I just couldn't be done with her. I couldn't be done with her. And she couldn't be done with you either. <laughs> no. And she had gone away to New Zealand and we kept corresponding. And it was a, a really great time for her, I think, as was, far as yeah. growing and maturing and, and figuring out her place in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so then when she came back from there, you know, we, we always still stayed connected. And then eventually there was an opportunity where I could hire her. And I just needed her in my life for some reason. And then when I decided to start Generation Green, she was the first person I thought of and went and had tea with her at her adorable little place and uh, said, do you want to do this with me? And she was, of course, all over it because Amy lived and breathed everything that I was talking about and was totally somebody that I was looking to as well because she knew a whole lot. I mean, I was interested in the skincare part of things. She was interested in saving the world. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And she was so excited about that project. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She couldn't stop talking about it. And it didn't take long before, you know, the ball got rolling and then we brought in Jen and her and Jen were like, just clicked. Mm -hmm. And we were just the three of us uh, doing this. And It was, it was great. It was great. It was a special time. It really was. And, and then Jen had gotten pregnant (laughs) and uh, Amy was excited about that and started a little box going for her. And then I went away for my first trip, my first family holiday to Florida. Yeah. And uh, I got a phone call while I was there. And I don't even know if it was uh, Brooklyn or Bailey, one of her stepsisters, saying that there was an accident. And I had spoken to Amy, like, while I was there. Um, I think it was actually the same day. And um, so I was just kind of in shock. I don't even remember what I was here. She had just heard that there was an accident. And it was a message that was left for me, actually, because I didn't get to my phone at the time. And then 
called back mm-hmm. and they said, you know, it's just, it's not looking good. And it was just like, what the heck? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I, I remember things just being such a blur. I remember I couldn't stop crying for one thing when they're telling me this is not looking good. And so basically, you know, Amy had been hit by a, um, what should we say? Well, she <laughs> what was are hit, we allowed to say? She was hit by somebody who was charged with impaired driving and dangerous driving. And because of lack of evidence, we won't get into that, the impaired charge was dropped. Right. So she was hit by somebody who was charged with impaired driving and dangerous, but she, it, it was, he was convicted for just dangerous driving. Which is shocking just it's absolutely horrendous yes in my opinion so this was like around five o'clock in the afternoon right five thirty she five thirty crossing broadway and donald yeah and on her way to walking from one one job job to to the the other yes because for those that maybe didn't know about this this girl and we really need to talk about i mean the fact that we now believe she was an angel that lived on this earth absolutely and we were all just so I guess blessed is the only word I can think of to have her in our lives. Uh, Those of us that did have that, that wonderful opportunity to get to know her. And she was somebody that jam packed her life (laughs) full of, I mean, she didn't just work for me at Generation Green. She worked at Stella's. She worked at the cinema. She worked up at the ELA, which was her passion. Mm -hmm. She was an environmental studies uh, student. Um, Full-time student. Plus I, all these jobs. And all these jobs. And, and, rent, and the Cinematheque. Did I say Cinematheque? And living on her own in her own apartment. Right. And yeah. I used to say, you know, Amy, slow down. Holy mackerel. Like, you are so busy. And she said, you know, I look at you, Sherry, and I think you're so busy. And she says, our busies are just different. But it was like she was just trying to do it all. It's almost like she knew she needed to have all these experiences. Yeah. When you say, like, looking back, mm-hmm. like, she lived better than anybody I I could ever that's one of the things I've always said is she lived yes end of story like that the word lived yes she lived life to its fullest and apologized for nothing yeah and planned everything like everything was coming her way and yeah she she lived life yeah she really did and And I'm grateful for that and I even know like after at the Forks even after you know people had heard that she had passed away and the maintenance people a lot of the the maintenance people there are are immigrants and you know they would come up to me afterwards and they say she was my friend she was my Mm. friend she took the time to get to know every she knew their stories their families names like their kids names she really connected with people. She did. And she would come home and talk about them yeah, sometimes. And it was so inspiring. And now I remember her saying to me at one time when I would say, Amy, you got to do some cleaning. She's like, oh, but I'm better at so many other things. Yeah. And she was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, she really made me see that, how important those relations and those people that cross our paths and, and what have you. But it was after, I mean, you and I knew each other, but it was after the accident Mm -hmm. that we realized I think that you know Amy Amy wanted us to to connect yeah and um so I'm gonna turn this over to you now and I want you to share a little bit about your story and you know like maybe start with you were a single parent 
I was. A single yeah. parent with Amy. Yeah, I was 26 when I was pregnant with Amy, 27 when I had her, and uh, I was overseas, and I came home, and I decided that I've always been very stubborn. I don't need anybody. I can do this on my own. And so her dad was living in Ireland, and I was here, and I raised her for nine years, and my mom used to always say you're going to get in trouble with this girl and not meaning she was going to be trouble but just that I was always with her and not because I was worried about her but because she was my best friend Mm -hmm. I would come home from work and my five-year-old would be talking to me about our social welfare system (laughs) because she'd heard something from one of the kids at school that their mom doesn't work and that they were getting kicked out of their house or their apartment because they were found that her boyfriend was living with them and Amy was like just all up in arms over this and I don't understand and so I would sit down and I would explain it to her when you're on social assistance they need to know if you're living by yourself or with somebody you have to report everything and if you don't then they will kick you out of your home. At five years old, you're having this conversation. And we're having this conversation. (laughs) And I'll never forget her grade one teacher saying to me, like, who is this child? Yeah. I don't know many adults that know the difference between renting and leasing. And your daughter and I had a conversation about it this morning. Yeah. And she just, she was one of these precocious kids that needed to know everything. Yes. She couldn't not know everything. Um, When she was four and a half, she had um, what's called a neuroblastoma, which is cancer was uh, about an egg size, about the size and shape of an egg in her neck. And so she had that, we had to have that removed. And she had to go for bone marrow tests afterwards, which is pretty frightening. And the people at St. Boniface, or pardon me, HSC Cancer Care are incredible. And I'll never forget Dawn. She was the counselor at the time, the child counselor. And she came and she sat with Amy and... Amy had her doll, and Dawn and and Amy and the dolls gave the dolls bone marrow tests, and Amy was okay until we got home. And then I had to read the pamphlet to her. (laughs) I couldn't even pronounce some of the words in that pamphlet, but I had to read it to her. She wasn't confident until she heard what was in this little piece of paper that the doctor had given me. She just needed to know. Even if she didn't understand it, she needed to know that I wasn't holding back. Um, so she was an interesting kid in that regard. Um, but yeah, she was always very mature. Like, always. I, I remember her telling me her motto was, what would, what would grandma do? What would grandma do? What would grandma do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was going to get a bracelet made. <laughs> yeah. 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 WWGD. What would grandma do? Um, That's yeah. Like, she's an old soul. She was. In fact, a few months before she died, she said, oh my gosh, she says, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to move into an old folks home. And I'm going to rent an apartment there. She said, isn't it perfect? I could play canasta and knit all evening long. And I went, who are you? Like what 23-year-old or 22-year-old talks that way? Right. She meant it. Yeah. She loved to knit and play cards and 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 talk to old people and drink tea. And drink tea. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she was raised around older people she didn't have siblings um she had cousin or a cousin that was she was very close to and but didn't see every single day so I guess maybe that's why I don't know either that or she was just born old (laughs) yeah 
No, I totally, I totally, because I mean, I had the best conversations with her too. Oh, like we would seriously yeah. sit and have tea and talk life stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely uh, the best conversations ever. I mean, she yeah. was deep. She was deep about stuff. She was very deep. Yeah. I remember her in the January before she died, um, which was January 2014, saying to me that she was just so stressed out. She just couldn't, and I think she may have said, some, said something to you similar, um, just about how she was trying to pack it all in mm-hmm. because she felt like she needed to get it all done and mm-hmm. she was running out of time. And I don't think she meant that she was running out of time. Like lifetime. Lifetime. Yeah. I think she just had this innate feeling in her that time was, was short and how am I going to get all of this done? And I don't really know that she knew why she was thinking that. Right. But I've since I, I'm a firm believer that you, we, each of us do know somewhere deep down, we do know that there, you know, when the time is coming. Right. Because the comments she made for two years before she died, I mean, a year before she died, she made me promise to turn her, her into a diamond when she died. Right. And I just was so mad at her. And she was the fun fact, fun facts were her, 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 the best thing for her. She had an app on her phone that was just fun facts. And mm-hmm. she used to love to Google them and read them. One of the fun facts was, did you know you can take human ashes or pet ashes and send them to one of these companies and they will extract all the carbon, get rid of all the impurities, pure carbon, put it into these machines that are high intensity pressure and heat, and they will grow a diamond. And it takes some time. It takes a couple of weeks for it to grow. Oh, like okay. Three well, weeks that's not or something. That bad. Okay. Um, and you know, so of course we had it. We had it out. I was mad at her, and I said, "No." I said, "You promised to turn me into a diamond." I said, "I'm the one that's going to go first. I'm the mother, so of course I'm going to die first. So I made her promise, and then with the promise that I would promise, because of course she wasn't going to let it go. And so, yeah, that was the year before she died. She made me promise to turn her Jeez. into a diamond when she died. So she's on my finger now. Yeah. Most and beautiful blue diamond. Exactly. I was just going to say, and you don't know what color your diamond is going to come out, correct? Not from all places. There's a bunch of, there's a couple companies that you can tell them what color diamond you want and they will just add additives to okay. make that color. Yeah. And well, you and I know Amy, mm-hmm. she was our granola girl, mm-hmm. organic child. She was not going to do anything. She wasn't putting anything impure into her body. So I thought I'm not going to do that to her ashes. Mm-hmm. So there was one company in Switzerland that uh, does not put any additives in. It's carbon and your diamond will become a, col- a, a shade of blue to white. And it's all based on your, your carbon um, they don't know what color it will be. Yeah. And so I said, okay, Amy, it's up to you. Yeah. And at first I wanted a, a clear diamond. And then as I was thinking about it, I went, no, that's too normal. It would just look like a normal white diamond and that's common, right? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, when it came back, it's the color of her beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. And, and that's just amazing. And it's gorgeous. It's and gorgeous. It's beautiful. And yeah. so to have that always with you is you know I don't know I just think because I have a necklace that I had given her as a gift yes and I have it back and I feel like I just have 
her close to me. Mm -hmm. Same as how if people walk into my office, they will see I have a picture up for up on my wall because I feel like she's, and it's up high and it's up high for a reason because I really feel her presence. I feel like she's watching watching over. over. We did this together. It was, that's how it started. And, you know, so I, I just have to have her there because I feel comforted. Yeah. I, I just need it. And so going back to that day now, I mean, it was April the 5th. April the 5th. So, but what's interesting, so April the 5th, the accidents ha- the accident happens. And I guess at that time, she would have had a serious, serious brain injury. She was hit. Um, and of course, she was thrown quite far. Right. And she hit her head and she did get a serious brain injury. But the biggest problem was she went into cardiac arrest right. at the scene. And it was over 34 minutes for them to resuscitate her. And you don't recover from that. So she's on life support so she's at this on point. life support. And I'm on a plane to get back because yeah. all I can think of is that I need to see this for myself. I need to, I just yeah. didn't seem real. Yeah. I needed to see her. And if it was so, I needed to be able to say goodbye. Right. On your birthday. So, but, so she's on life support. And I was so worried I wouldn't have the chance to say goodbye for some. It's all I kept thinking yeah. about. I just... It was just so unreal. And they actually didn't take her off life support until it was April 7th. So right. that is the actual uh, the day, day of They her. couldn't take her off life support until they had run a series of tests. Um, because she wanted to donate her organs. Yes. Well, then they take brain death very seriously oh, okay. as well. And you, they at the time, you, you could not donate your organs... Because it was a brain death, that's the, that's how her organs were able to be donated. But they have to make really, really sure right. um, that it is a brain death. And it, I mean, I knew it was from the second I got the call before I even saw her. I knew. Really? I, just, I just had that feeling. It just, this is not good. And um, so, yeah, I mean, her, her, brain, her brain completely died from the hit. Mm-hmm. as well as from not having any oxygen for 34 minutes or very little. Yeah. And so she was able to she was able to donate uh, her organs. Mm-hmm. And so I remember getting to the hospital, meeting Jen there, and I was really concerned about Jen cuz she was, you know, far along in her in her pregnancy, like she was due the next month. And uh I remember walking in and, and seeing her and I knew at that moment she was gone. Mm-hmm. I just knew. And I mean, I remember we had to leave the room because they needed to do something. And, you know, you said, do you want to go back in? And I said, no, because yeah. I, I felt that that wasn't her. That wasn't, wasn't her. And I didn't want to have that image. Like, that's not what I wanted to overtake of my memory of her. No, uh, I wanted to be able to just picture her smiling and her new short haircut and oh, I know. those things right yeah. I I didn't want to have that really imprinted in my mind yeah but I think it's ironic that it it was April 7th which is my birthday and I make a joke about this only because Amy used to bug me about how I couldn't remember anything yeah and I said <laughs> she did this on purpose she held off there so that I'll never forget I never forget but you know what it's not a it's I mean it's a, a reminder to me every year on my birthday about how important it is to take each day and yes. live it to its fullest. That's what I think about. I like my mason jar candle because we did a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things. And I think that 
maybe that's something that people need to do when I think here's the whole thing about this. I mean, there was a delay here in in grieving, especially for you. You could not move forward because of all the the stuff that was happening with the court. And three years. Three years that you're having. You cannot move forward. You are staying in that. And so I think that, you know, you have to do things that are going to stay kind of give you some control back. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And so the it- fundraiser was something I think that was a way like I cannot have do nothing at this point right no if that's how you were feeling but that's I don't know how I was feeling yeah especially the first year it's it's a bit of a blur to me I honestly it's funny like I'll remember the stupidest things and they're so clear to me like they're like yesterday and then somebody will say something that sounds like it's a really important thing that you'd think somebody would remember and I just I blank right out so I don't know I, I just I think the grieving brain is just uh it's it's an entity on unto its own. It, oh, it yeah. does. It just it protects you. Um, I know the best night's sleep I've probably ever had in my entire night life. I mean, is the day I said goodbye to Amy on April the eighth. We said goodbye to her because they were taking her. She died on the seventh, but they weren't taking her. They kept her on the life support until the eighth and to harvest her organs and find the the recipients. Mm-hmm. And I said goodbye to her at three o'clock in the afternoon and we walked home and I went to bed that night and I think I slept for 12 hours solid and everybody's just going, oh, you mustn't have slept for weeks. And I, I don't, I had no choice. I think it was my body. I think your body and your brain just takes over and says, okay, we're going to look after you now because you can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just, I was out. I mean, it wasn't a good night's sleep. Don't get me wrong. I had all sorts of nightmares in it and Mm -hmm. and dreams, but I did sleep. I slept solid for probably 12 hours, which shocked the hell out of me. Yeah. But that's just, I think that's your body goes into survival. Your mind goes into survival. Well, I think that anybody that has a child can relate to this. I mean, it's our biggest, biggest fear. Yeah. You know? And it's one you never, it's your biggest fear, but you never, ever really believe it'll ever happen to you. It only happens to other people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not true. No, sadly. No. So, I mean, it was, it was hell for three years Mm -hmm. going through uh, the pre-trial, the trial, uh, you know, sentencing, sentencing, all of that for Mm -hmm. you. Like for me, I, I think it was, I was kind of like, I thought this is out of my control at this point. Right. And I, all I, I just kept trying to keep her memory in my mind here. And I just thought, okay, I'm not, I don't know how I can deal with this. Like I couldn't, I went to the pretrial for one of the, right, and then I could not go back. No. I, I just couldn't go. I didn't go again until the sentencing. Yeah. And, um, and I don't blame you. I didn't want to be there. No, I, I can't even imagine yeah. that would have been the, Hearing the details, yes. the details, the trajectory and the yeah. boot and the, you know, where things were placed on the road. It was, yeah, it was, it was reliving it. Um, I don't know when you don't, when you don't actually see something happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your imagination makes it worse or better that you didn't see it. I don't know. I, I have no idea and I don't want to know because mm-hmm. I don't ever want to see that I see it enough in my brain. Mm-hmm. But 
it's my imagination just takes it to the nth degree and I don't know you, you can't get you can't get rid of those images right as people are describing them in minute detail uh, at the trials you just you don't get rid of those no you just build them up in your head and those are your visions and your pictures for three years three and a half years really mm-hmm. so and then from there so we did the fundraiser and so that was a scholarship that was set up in Amy's mm-hmm. name at um, the U of W. What is that called again? I'm blank. The Amy Gilbert Memorial Scholarship Fund. Yes. Thank you. See? I can remember the name. Memory is another thing that goes when you're grieving and you, you go into menopause. Literally, I think it was the same week, day, month, whatever, because a week after she died, I went to the doctor. Of course, I was at the doctor a lot. And he said ah, your hot flashes and that, they're probably just the, the stress and the grief. It's very normal, but we'll test your blood levels anyway, just to be on the safe side. And I went back a week later and he said, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Jeez. You're full on. Yeah. And I just cried and laughed at the same time because it was like, really? Mm-hmm. What more? Like, you want to keep bringing it on? Kick yeah. me while I'm down, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And then from that, you got a letter from one of the recipients of... I did. I got a letter from one recipient, a kidney recipient, who was a grandma. I'm sorry, grandpa's men don't write on butterfly paper paper. in a beautiful handwriting. It was a lovely... It was a lovely letter to receive. It's the only one I've ever received, but it was really nice to receive mm-hmm. and really, really hard to receive. Absolutely, because I yes, I got it. And she's talking about how she's a grandparent. She said because you're not allowed to refer to a gender or a place or anything in these letters because it, the donor recipient relationship has to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the, our laws, so everything is very carefully worded but I mean I feel that it was a grandma right and she said how giving my daughter's my daughter's generosity and giving her organs to this woman this person uh got she allowed her to watch her grandchildren grow up and it was a very proud beautiful and pissed off moment all at the same time like seriously you're a freaking grandmother she was 23 why couldn't it, like, why couldn't she become even a mother, never mind a grandmother? So I was angry. I was bitter that somebody who's already lived their whole life and had a family and children and now grandchildren got a second chance. But my 23-year-old didn't even get to the point of graduating from university, um, you know, getting married, having a baby. She didn't even get any of that. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for a while there. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was so proud of her yeah. and I was so happy for this woman. It was really... What a roller coaster. It is. It's it's like, I always say, I feel like I have two brains. Yeah. One half of the brain is the logical one. One half is the emotional one. And it's just really hard to get the two to meet. <laughs> they right. don't meet up. Rarely do they meet up. Yeah. They're starting to get closer, but they still don't completely connect. And I know then for a period of time you were, you were, and I, I don't know if you, I think you still are seeing a grief counselor. Is that? Yeah, I haven't seen him in a couple of months, um, which I take as a good sign. But yes, I do still see him. In fact, I texted him a couple of days ago and said, I need to come and see you because yeah. we're coming I, close to April again. Yes. And I think that um, there was one thing that you said to me about 
how grief is going to be forever with you. And um, actually, I want you to say it because I love how you, because I'm such the a visual person, grief. the walking with grief. And just kind of give that visual uh, yeah. because I really, I really had such a, a better perspective mm-hmm. of what that was like for you at that moment. Yeah, my grief counselor explained it to me when I first started seeing him, which I didn't quite understand at the time because you're too deep into it. You can't see anything other than your grief. Um, but it stuck with me, and through the years, I've I've understood what he meant. And he said that grief is something that is in front of you at all times. It is right there. It's in your face. And when it first happens you you can't take even half a step without bumping into it like you're just you're just slamming into grief 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 but as the months and the years go by um there it distance there's a bit more distance between you and grief because you're starting to process it and you're starting to realize that there is still life out there and how to live it with that person in your memories and in your heart, but not physically in your life. And so eventually you get to the point where grief is in front of you and you might take a bunch of steps and bang into it and go, oh yeah, there's grief. Okay. Can't have too much fun Um, because you feel guilty if you're having too much fun. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you get to another point where grief is maybe walking beside you. And eventually that's sort of the goal is to get grief behind you a little bit. It never goes far. But at least if you can walk with grief, you are also able to live some of your life. And so grief walks beside you. And grief doesn't disappear. You may have a day where grief is like three steps behind you. And you're in front and you're going, woohoo, this is a good day. And it is. I had one of those yesterday. And I woke up today and I just knew this morning when I woke up, how could I have had such a good day yesterday where everything went right and I was... I was like flying high. How could I wake up this morning and feel like I was like slamming into grief again? Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, there he was right in front of me. And I'm going, oh, you son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. Go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it it is, it is. My life is still a roller coaster. Yeah. And it's been, it's almost five years. It'll be five years this April, Mm -hmm. um, which annoys me as well because five year anniversaries are supposed to be fun and you celebrate them. But you never think until you experience one that a death anniversary is still an anniversary. And when you hit five years, it's kind of taken the wind out of my sails a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bit hard because it's like, how is it possible it's been that long since I last touched and my daughter and, and saw my daughter and spoke to her? And like, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. So it's like it brings a whole new meaning to anniversaries, which I always took to mean fun, happy, good things. Not all of them are. So yeah, I don't know. Grief, grief sucks. It does. It sucks. It's like, what is the word here? And I, I mentioned this before too. It is, it is so hard to know, you know, what to do and what to say and how to deal with it because there's no rules and it's never the same for anybody. And nope. it's. You know, so it's like you just got to do what you can do for the other person. For me, it was like because I wanted to do something I because I, I felt so out of control with it all. And I just felt like I, I wanted to just comfort you however I could. But 
there was nothing I could do. There was nothing. And it was just, okay, I think I can share space for you. Like I can hear you. And you you did. And And you, you, you help more than you know. And there's, there's a couple of key pieces of information for anybody who may be listening. I will tell you this right now. When somebody dies, the loved ones want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. so many people try to we're not going to talk about it because we don't want to upset her I'm sorry I would talk about Amy every single day of the week I love to talk about my daughter mm-hmm. she's my daughter mm-hmm. she is my daughter she's not it, it's she's not something although sometimes it feels like was that real like did that even happen was that just a beautiful dream I had because it's so hard to believe that they can be gone in such a split second. But she she existed and she was a beautiful person and I want to talk about her. And so how many children is. Yeah, you know, how many children do you too. have? That's yeah. oh, that's yeah. a fun question. How many children do you have? Yeah. And I always say three because I do. Mm-hmm. I have my daughter who is my biological child, who is Amy that we're talking about, and I have two beautiful other daughters, stepdaughters, but I don't call them stepdaughters. I call them my daughters. Mm -hmm. They have another mother. And, you know, uh, I will never be called mom again. And that that hurts. But one of them has given us a beautiful granddaughter. And so I'm called grandma. So I'm kind of taking what I can where I can. Um, And I I think like that's how it is for me too. Like I, I can't not talk about her because I loved her. I loved yeah. her and I, like I said, I would think of her as a daughter. And so I, maybe that is what was, I guess, the part that I needed to stay connected with you mm-hmm. because I, I just felt like I wanted to talk to her and maybe I felt like you did too. And Yeah, I did. And it was an easy and place to And I liked to talking to her with you because Amy always referred to you as her second mom. Right. You know, you yeah. were everything to her. She just adored you and loved what you were doing and was so excited to be working with you. And so, you know, I, we talked about you constantly. Yeah. You know, whenever we were together, it was always about what was happening at Generation Green and how exciting it was and what new products were coming in and, Mom, you got to try this. And she was always giving me heck for greenwashing. She'd go through my cupboards and say, oh, seriously, you bought this because it says the product is green. She's going, it's totally greenwashed. You can't even pronounce the words on the back. They're so full of chemicals. (laughs) And uh, so, I mean, we talked about you all the time. You You were so important to Amy. Um, and I think like I just need to keep that memory um, yeah. and I it's not just us either I mean McLean's magazine did a piece on her yeah um, yeah she was a little star for a while yes. there and Gordon Sinclair Gordon Sinclair did several oh. pieces on her like he said there was just something about her he just could not he asked me once he said why does your daughter haunt me yeah. what hold <laughs> does she have on me and yeah. I said I don't know but wanted to know her. They wish they had known her. Yeah. That's what we were hearing afterwards. Like, I wish I had known this girl yeah. when they were hearing all the stories about her and, you know, just her nature, but also like just how, how loved this girl was yeah. and how kind she was and how when you when you just think of this 
perfect person. She was that, yeah. really. I mean, there's not a lot to pick out other than the fact that she was messy as hell. Oh, yeah. Well, right? she had attitude, too. She had attitude coming out the wazoo, but, you know. <laughs> she was generally right yeah. with what she was having attitude about. She just sometimes had a little too much attitude. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she was, you know, and I've said this, I do talks for the gift of life now and again um, and on organ donation and it's one of the things I brought up a couple times. When somebody dies, you tend to immortalize them and make them perfect. And they were amazing and they did nothing wrong. Amy did things wrong, as we all do. We are all flawed people. And, you know, she was a pretty damn good teenager, I'm not going to lie, aside from the attitude. <laughs> she had attitude. But she didn't, you know, as far as I know, and most of her friends have confirmed it, she didn't drink. She didn't do very much. Like not as a not in the formative sort of teenage years. She was a pretty good kid. Mm-hmm. She came home. She'd call me if she was going to be three minutes late. Never mind fifteen or twenty minutes late because she was so scared of getting in trouble. And no, she was then, good. She babysat for me. I yeah. trust her with my kids. <laughs> yeah, she was terrified of the law. She wouldn't cross a, a crosswalk. This is the that was the thing that I think got me the most. Was the is irony even the right word? I don't even feel like that's the right word, but she was crossing legally at a crosswalk on Broadway because she wouldn't even cross on a red light. Like most of us will skittle mm-hmm. across if there's no cars coming. No, she would not because it's against the law. <laughs> you wait until that little person says you can walk. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of bizarre to me that yeah. she's crossing at one of these crosswalks legally mm-hmm. <laughs> and she gets hit and killed because somebody ran a red light mm-hmm. that to me is is kind of I don't know I want to say ironic but I feel like that's not the right word yeah no. I feel like there's another word for it but anyway yeah she um she was pretty special and she has definitely left a massive hole in this world not just in my heart but mm-hmm. in a lot of people's and like you say I get I get messages from people that never knew her. I've had emails from people saying, you don't know me, but mm-hmm. your daughter, I, I, she has touched me and I am, I'm devastated and I'm mourning her for you or with you. And I'm just like, wow, like that's, that's pretty impressive. And yeah. I think though this goes now we can kind of lead into here. There was something really amazing that had happened where our our suspicions of Amy being uh, close to an angel were, you know, kind of, well, almost justified here or almost confirmed, I think, is that's the word. Yeah. They were confirmed pretty much. But there was a situation where you tried to get in an, an appointment in with um, Lisa Scrivens. Yep. And she's got a wait list like crazy. She does. She had a... I think at the time she had a two-year wait list. I think now it's three to four years. It's crazy. crazy. So for people that don't know who Lisa Scrivens is, I mean... Lisa Scrivens is a local... Uh, she's a medium uh, here in Winnipeg. And I think probably in that field is pretty pretty celebrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's an amazing, caring, loving woman who has, since a child... And it comes through the family. Her, she talks about her grandmother having the, the gift as well. Does spiritual connections. Right. And she, I, I felt this desperate need. I, I had never heard of her before until another 
grieving parent who I met told me about how that how this woman Lisa Scrivens helped her with the loss of her son and so I immediately googled her and went okay I'm gonna go to the calendar and I was at the time that I did this I was prostrate on my floor sobbing I was hysterical I I couldn't breathe because I was crying so hard it was only like a couple of weeks after Amy died I was in I was just in another they come in waves and sometimes those waves are just huge they're they're tsunamis and I was just I have to see Lisa I can't do this this is ridiculous and when I finally calmed down enough to be able to get up I grabbed my phone and I pulled up Lisa's website and she had a calendar on there and there were two appointments available not for another couple of months but in June I think one June and one July and so I picked the June one and it said enter your credit card information so I grabbed my credit card and I tried to put it in and it wouldn't take my credit card so I emailed the company and said like I can't I've got the appointment I've got the date the time everything but it it won't take my credit card what am I doing wrong and she came back and said oh there are no rights and no wrongs in this business (laughs) if you got the appointment that was about a 30 second little blip where they were doing some maintenance on the system and that those appointments didn't exist they never should have been there and she said we believe that you know You got that appointment because Amy made you get that appointment because she knew how badly you need it. So we will honor it. Right. And at that point, was it because you just needed some kind of comfort? I needed to know. I needed. She was okay. I needed to. All I wanted to know was that she was okay. Like any parent wants to know that your kid is okay. And I just wanted to know, are you all right? Yeah. Because that's what all I wanted to know. It's it's one of those things where whether you're religious or not, when you're faced in a, in a situation like that, you question all the things you've heard from every religion and non-religion in your life. And you start going, but what if? Yeah. Oh my God, what if? Mm-hmm. And so I just needed to know she was okay. So I booked a very, a, you know, a, a group session because I couldn't it was a group session not a one-on-one and so I invited as many people Amy's boyfriend I brought him um Amy's one of Amy's sisters her other one had already moved to Vancouver uh by that point and then uh you know there was some other there was a group of us her aunt and and yourself (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, you were there too yeah um you know there was that group of us that went in and it was just a turning point for me. And I was skeptic. And it was incredible. I was skeptic too, to the point where I went in under a false name. Oh, did you? I yes. didn't know that. Yes. I went in. I'm married to Brian Wall. Right. But I'm Allison Gilbert. I've never changed my name. Yeah. Never changed my name. And so I went in as Allison Wall. And that's not a legal name. I've never in my life signed my name that way. I've never done nothing because I just didn't want, I, I'm, I think the worst all the time. It's like, okay, are they going to be going through obituaries? Are they like searching things out? Like I was so skeptical, right? Um, but so desperate at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I changed my name and she knew nothing about any of the people who were, who was coming with me. There was no 
nowhere to enter. Who are you bringing? There no, so she knew none of your names until we were in that room. And she pegged every single one of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't mean just with, um, like I, I expected to go in there and hear, so does anybody here know somebody who died of a heart attack or cancer? Yeah. And we're all going to go, yeah, like everybody. Yeah. But no, she came up with names, dates, places. I mean, it was uncanny. Yeah. And even little things that could only mean something to yeah. you. Like I remember the pinky swear thing. The pinky thing. swear thing. That was yeah. huge with her and her sister. Uh, something they always did. Um, yeah. And then just even knowing, uh, seeing the things that she saw about her, like, you know, fly, feeling flying through the air and a brain bleed and, yeah. you know, all those things. It was like, I get goosebumps right now just thinking about it. But it was like, oh my gosh, you really are like, like it, this whole... You're here. Yeah. Oh my God, you're here. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It was like, yeah. oh, just tell me more. Tell me everything, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. It was like amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And this woman to have that kind of a gift to be able to offer comfort to people yeah. that are needing it so desperately at that moment. And you've since been back on and, and have done. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. Lisa and I always laugh now because it's, I see Lisa every time Amy thinks I need to see Lisa. Because huh. honestly, we bump into each other and see each other. And I've seen her probably half a dozen times. In five years when there's a yeah. three to four year wait list for one visit. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's it amazing. is what it is. Um, you know, it, she just keeps coming forth. I had another time. This was for, I guess it was a couple of years ago. Amy would have been 25. I was having a hard time because Amy loved her birthday. And 25 was a big one. And she'd been talking about her 25th birthday already for two years because, you know, she was going to do it up big and expected a big gift. <laughs> and so it was a hard one for me because I knew it would have been special for her. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in this apartment, sitting on the couch on a Sunday afternoon. Her birthday would have been on the next, the following Friday. And it was a Sunday at the time. And I just sat there and I just lost it I was just sobbing I was just like gut-wrenching sobs going Amy I want to spend the day with you how can I do this I want to spend the birth your birthday with you this is this is bullshit I'm so mad like and I was mad at her like how dare you didn't fight hard enough and you know I was mad at everybody and everything and I went to work the next day and somebody that I work with came up to me and goes did you get that email from Lisa Scrivens? And I went, what email? And it had gone into my junk. She shows it to me and it's a spend the day with Lisa learning how to, you know, connect and and with, but on your own. And so it was like a session with five people and Lisa. And I went, oh, I'm never going to get in there. And it it said one spot available. So I left it for over an hour because I thought, I'm not going to get in there. And I don't have any gifts. I'm not like Lisa. I don't, I can't do this. And this friend of mine, Tracy, kept saying, do it, do it, just do it. And so about an hour and a half later, I booked it. And again, Lisa said, those don't last more than minutes. And yet it stayed there. Like people were trying to book it and couldn't. And 
and I got it. Mm-hmm. And the session was held on Friday, September the 18th, which was Amy's 25th birthday. Holy crap. So I spent the day with Amy yeah. on her birthday through Lisa. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, those are only two of the times we have met. I mean, there's been so many of them and oh it's gosh. just been incredible. She's That's amazing. I tell Lisa all the time, she's my lifesaver because she did. She saved, I think she saved me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have done. Wow. And you know? we really hope that we can uh, we can connect with Lisa. I know she's trying to... I'm trying to work something yeah, now. We're trying to figure out our schedules with yeah. hers and how we can you know, have her on and, and, uh, sharing some of her insight into this and, and, uh, she's an amazing person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I saw her out at I am festival too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was just incredible, just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you can say about her. So, wow. So now today, five years later, almost. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're working on this. I mean, this coming together, I kind of feel is a little bit of another um, Amy. divine intervention. <laughs> how, like, you just can't look back and not, you know, see how it's all leading you to to be going somewhere. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just going with the flow at this yeah. point. I, I don't question it anymore. No, you can't. The no. people you meet in your life. Yeah. You are meeting them for a reason, whether it's because you need that person or they need you for the next 30 seconds Mm -hmm. or the next 30 years, but you're meeting people for a reason. And I think it's really important to to not discount anyone. No. Like just, you don't have to go looking, you know, with a magnifying glass at every person you meet, but don't discount people Mm -hmm. they're in your life for a reason and I mean it could us it took us five years to get to this point yeah no totally totally and I I don't know how if we would have connected the same way because it was always hi you know yeah you're Amy's mom right hi how are you yeah we would chat and that was about it I'd come into the store and buy something (laughs) and then that would be it we were done I know but I feel like such we have such a a connection here Mm -hmm. obviously and um and you know and then like bringing Pam into this was so ironic as well because I had this holy shit moment as I'm driving (laughs) after I talked to you just talked to you and I'm just made a a date with Pam to have coffee and we're like oh hey I want to do this thing and I and it was at that moment we kind of came up with this whole wildflower thing too but I'm driving I think to my son's house because I realized oh my gosh like he's a catalyst in bringing us all together And it's like unbelievable how this life works. Yeah. So I mean, and I mean, Pam is just loving you too. And I'm. Oh, she's amazing. I, she's I, so much fun. Yeah, I know. And we're all so different. Yeah. Yet have this great connection. Different and yet so similar oh, yeah. in so many ways. Well, we keep on discovering these ways I know. that we're so we it's all like weird. Well, we all- <laughs> yes, we definitely do like we that. We have that in common. No, uh, we definitely have a lot of things yeah. that uh, we're discovering. You know, uh, I think just really relatable to each other, and uh, it's it's just so nice. It's so lovely. It's, it's so made lovely. me realize, I think, over the last year, anyway, because I think in the last year I've started to actually see clearly again. Um, took me a long time after the trial and then a year ago, a year ago now, actually, it was, I believe, February 22nd when he was 
released from prison after six months. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of that moment that I went, okay, now what? Because I'd looked forward to, not forward to, I have not looked forward to, but I mean, my future for the past three and a half years had been, what's next? Mm -hmm. What is the trial? Are we ever going to get a date? And then we get the date and then it's, you know, verdicts and sentencing and things like that. And then all of a sudden it was all over, not just over, but he'd been in prison. He got a year and served his six months and was out free. And how do you deal with that? And so I think since then, though, it's made me realize that the connections that you make and how important they are, because all of that has led us to where we are now. And it has all been so healing and so therapeutic uh, for me. And I'm hoping that everybody takes something out of it, because I think we all do. I think each of us has our strengths and weaknesses and our maybe our pain not even pain so much but just things that we need kind of bolstering up on you know you just have a day you just need that bolster and it's like yeah you guys do that for me now and it's it's good and we've met and we've connected and I'm going all that was for a reason yeah so I think that it's you know you look back on your life and you're like this person came in at this time and helped me through this moment. And, you know, just realizing all of those things are moving you forward each time and you're constantly growing too, right? Through the experiences. Yet I can't even imagine, you know, still like, I just think about that. I would just be like frozen in my place, not being able to think about anything else. So having that now, I can totally understand what you're saying about, okay, it's done. It's over with. Now, what do I do? Yeah. Now, who am I? I think like, that's where you're at, right? Who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? That's exactly what I've been struggling with. And I said, it took me a while to say it to my grief counselor a year ago. Um, it, It took me a while. It was in the summer, actually, to sort of get it out. I'd been feeling it for a long time. But I just finally said to him, you know, am I real? Like, is this bad? But this has been the worst year for me since Amy died. And he went, that's so normal. So, so normal. He said, because the year she died, again, your body and your mind are putting you, they're safeguarding you as much as they possibly can. You don't remember things. They're they're just kind of putting you in this numb bubble and you just, you just get up in the morning, you go, go through, through your day, you go to bed, you get up, you go through the day, you wish you wouldn't get up. You know, you just go through the your emotions. But um, so he said, yeah, you know, you're just the, the first year is you're in shock. Mm-hmm. And then for us, the second and third year were the same as the first, really, because it was all about the trial and we were reliving it, you know, at the pre-trial and then, you know, several months later at the trial and then a couple months later at the verdict and the sentencing. So you're always reliving. And, and he said, so yes, it makes perfect sense because now in your fourth year since she died, you are now basically entering year two because it's kind of where you're at you know it's he says you're you're delayed you're everything is delayed for you because you couldn't move you couldn't grieve you couldn't go forward backwards sideways you could do nothing until you knew what the verdict was going to be and and then I just spent probably from February to 
I don't know, I'm going to say probably August, almost (laughs) self-destructive, just with my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really doing anything, but I was just my own thoughts. I was not letting myself, I was going darker and darker. And through that, my dad died and it was... Test after test after test. And then, you know, our youngest daughter got married in July and this, it's beautiful and I'm happy and I'm devastated and sad at the same time. And partway through the wedding, I have to leave and go inside because I am a sobbing mass Mm -hmm. because I'll never experience that. And I'll never have that special moment with my daughter. I have it with my, my other two daughters, but they have their mom that they're doing it with. And that's the way it should be. I'm not complaining that Mm -hmm. it should be that way, but it doesn't make it any easier. No. And so it was just a, it's been a year of growth. And and I think in September, it was right around her birthday. So maybe, thank you, Amy, maybe that was you giving me a birthday gift. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I just went, nope, enough. I think we're done. I think I'm finished. I think I'm good. I think I'm going to let everything go. I mean, as much as I possibly can. Right. And but you're going to give yourself permission to start going back into living your life. I need life to a live. Yeah. And I went so far as I was right in the middle of vacuuming and I just dropped, I turned the vacuum off, dropped the vacuum, came over to my computer and started typing and did a public apology on, not apology, but a public forgiveness on Facebook for the guy that killed her. Um, and I don't think, I think there's a lot of people that disagree with me on that. Uh, but. I'm not doing it for you and mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it for anybody else. I needed to do it for me. Yeah. And I can't carry that hate in my heart and I can't ha- carry that. I know what it did to me for the, the last several years. It got me nowhere and I was going down fast and I was suffering my health, my everything, my mind, everything was suffering. My work and well, it's I just, just poison, right? It, like it's, it's just, absolute poison. Yeah. And I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to, you have to mean it. Yeah. And I'd said many times I want to forgive. Yeah. Because I don't want him to well, take any more from me. Through everything. Yeah. But I can't do it because I don't want him to take from me anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to do it because I just simply want to. Right. It just has to come from me. Mm-hmm. And I think it finally did. And that has, that was the changing, that was the turning point for me. And since then, honestly, my life is exploding right now. I cannot stop the ideas in my brain. And I've got, you know, so many things on the go for various companies. And I just can't seem to slow down. Mm-hmm. I need to. Right. <laughs> But I can't. Oh, it's seem sounding to... somewhat familiar. I know. Because <laughs> a lot of it's with you. Yeah. No, it, I mean, it's sounding familiar about Amy, too, jam mm. packing the life. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, mom, you got to catch up. You got to catch up. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it's her. <laughs> That's the other thing is this is the first year that I finally said, enough. I'm not doing, no offense, Amy, but I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. Because mm-hmm. for the last four years, I've been saying, you know, well, I have to do this because I have to do it for Amy and I have to go to the trial because Amy would expect me to be there and I have to do this because that was Amy's favorite and I have to, I have to, I have to. And so now I'm finally going, you know what? 
and I think she gets it because I'm I swear sometimes I hear her that little giggle of hers mm-hmm. in the back of my head going duh finally mm-hmm. when I say you know what nope I'm not doing this for you I catch myself all the time going I'm doing this for my daughter no I'm not I'm doing this for me mm-hmm. I have to stop so it's taken a long time but I'm proud of you though I'm proud of you because You're I know that's what you some days. should be. And I know that that's what she would want to. I know it is. Without a doubt. Uh, I know it is. Without a doubt. Because she, was, she wouldn't want you to be not experiencing and living because that's what no. she was all about. Yeah. That's what she was all about. And I don't want anybody else feeling that way either. I, it's, yeah. it's something that you wish you could share with people, but you can't because everybody's grief journey is their own and Absolutely. no two are the same. And there could be two of us moms sitting here or 10 of us moms sitting here side by side all having lost children the exact same way and every single one of us will have a different take on it and a different story and a different grief journey and you cannot you you cannot project yours onto them or them onto yours or compare you can't compare or judge (laughs) you can't even say oh I know what you think I know what you're feeling you can say, I have a really good idea of what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But I really don't know what you're feeling because you don't know that person's relationship with their child, with their loved one. And there's, you just can't, you can't project that onto people. And I yeah. think that's one of the biggest things that I found was difficult for me mm-hmm. was people saying to me, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly how you're feeling. And I would get so mad. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Well, and I think you just set people off too. I mean, they're already angry. They're already going through so many different emotions. And you don't know. And and I mean, I know. I mean, people just hearing your story and hearing, you know, your outlook about it too like about how like the respect you have for each person and and I think this is probably a a lot you've learned through you know all the all the tools that you've kind of brought in here all these other people you've brought in that you're starting to utilize as well and even getting out there and speaking um you know I mean I've always said that like that's helps you heal a lot too right it does yeah it really does and so I know that that a lot of people that are hearing this even just how to deal with somebody else that's going through um, a, a grieving process, I think is just super, Get super counseling. Important. That's the only thing I can say. Oh, yeah, say. you can't do it alone. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, I don't know, I was desperate. I needed to talk to somebody. I didn't know who to talk to. I knew I needed help. So maybe for me it was pretty easy because I actually opened the phone book up wasn't really a phone book. I Googled it, mm-hmm. found somebody. They were close by. I made an appointment. I went in and saw him. And now he works from his own home. And he's like part of our family. He has counseled myself, my husband, both our daughters, Amy's boyfriend, Amy's best friend. I mean, he knows all the players. He's mm-hmm. We've taken everybody to him. Yeah. <laughs> but it has helped every single one of us. And I personally believe every person on this planet needs counseling oh 100 percent. like and so many people just roll their eyes at that i'm going really you've no. never needed somebody to talk to who is who's completely unbiased and doesn't know your story and doesn't know yeah. you know doesn't come with all the baggage and all the bullshit from from the past you've never had to talk to somebody like that because mm-hmm. that's all it is oh the world would be a much better place for oh, everybody who's in counseling goodness. i'm telling you it would be fantastic yeah 
I mean, and, and when you find a great one, I had a great one. And I, if I could see her every freaking week, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it amazing. Just a different perspective. And just makes you go, hmm, never thought about it like that. And even just how to understand other people too. Yeah. Um, just to kind of take a step back. And yeah, a total huge advocate. Uh, I think it's the best thing you could ever do for yourself totally for me the biggest thing about it was knowing I wasn't completely insane yeah because I thought I was there was uh, and again on many occasions I have thought things for several months before I've actually said them to my counselor um, because I was too embarrassed and I thought what kind of person thinks those thoughts or I was a horrible person or whatever but I would say them to him and he'd go, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. And I'm going, what? And he goes, well, yeah, we're at this point in your grief journey, you're exactly where I would expect you to be. And that's so normal. I had, he, our counselor lost his son when his son was 10 years old. And so he knows, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's relating to me and I'm relating to him and we're getting it. And I'm realizing I'm not crazy. I'm realizing I'm I'm thinking thoughts that other people before me and after me will be thinking because when they lose their loved ones, because it's just called normal. But you don't think it is because you don't think about it and you don't talk about death until it happens. It's well, not yeah. it's a society thing. You don't discuss it. Yeah. So I mean I would go months torturing myself thinking I was crazy and I would say it to him and he'd just look at me and go, put it out of your head. Yeah, absolutely. That's normal. Let's well, talk about it. But it's normal. Don't don't put it out of your head as in you're not crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the thing is you 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 get to take the filter off. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing with counseling, period. You get to take the filter off and it's like, is anybody looking, anybody listening in here? I got to say this. Yeah. And it's like those thoughts, like you just got to get it out. Yeah. It's just it's like, like hey, yeah, it is. <laughs> And, but yeah, it's like, let me just take off the filter for a minute, right? So I can do, just be a hundred percent me. Mm-hmm. But then the more you do that, the more, I don't know, the thinner the filter gets or something, right? Yep. I, absolutely. I really do think that's what happens because it's like, oh yeah, okay. It's okay that I feel that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. And yeah, we're, we're not always going to have the nicest of thoughts, but it's, yeah. it's, it's all what we need to be doing at that moment. And we need to allow ourselves to just give ourselves permission. That's the key. We need yeah. to allow and give permission to ourselves yes. because we don't, and we're the hardest on ourselves and it's unhealthy mm-hmm. and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got other people in your lives that you need to focus on and deal with um, whether it's children spouses parents but you you have other people in your lives and you need to be able to function for them but you need to be able to mostly function for yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. if you can't function for yourself you're not going to be able to help any of them mm-hmm. so and I think it, you know if <laughs> you know the last kind of thing I want to say on this is that it really taught me is like we have one life there's no do-overs not a test run and I've tried yeah. I've asked for many do-overs that <laughs> haven't happened yet no it's not going to happen no and so it really wakened me to that it's like I like when I I've said this before when I have a long day it's like I got a good bang for my buck yeah 
perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm all about like just living today and living in the moment as much as I possibly can. I don't like to even think too much about, you know, next week or tomorrow or I want to be today as fully as I yeah. possibly can. And I, and I really true like, it's hard to do that. You got to really exercise it. It is hard it. to do that, but it is a good thing to do. Yeah. It is in my mind all the time. And I did it yesterday and it was insane saying the crazy wonderful things that just kept happening yesterday and today yeah but that's okay I don't get that yeah but that's today and that's that, tomorrow's another day it's almost like I was so I'm so exhausted from the high I was on yesterday that today I just kind of went Ugh, yeah well it's, reality. It. it's called reality <laughs> check <laughs> I don't you know what it is dream bubble and come back down here to real life for a moment I love going to dream bubbles though so I think that's what it is it's like okay yeah I gotta bring you down for a minute okay and we're gonna just we're gonna coax here for a little bit I don't know I, I think right now there's a whole bunch of things that are happening again I'm, I'm gonna go back to I was gonna call it the the moon cycles the moon cycles there you go <laughs> right the moon cycles there's stuff that's happening right now it's progressing us all forward I think is what it is yep. right uh, I'm gonna learn and I am learning a little by little here because well, I talked so to Carol important. I was I had an energy healing last night with I'm Carol I'm so jealous I need and, to make time for this. Oh, she was so wonderful. Yeah. I love her so much. I know. I'm good. And I'm she, uh, she was saying, I was talking to her about the whole, you know, 2018 and how bad it was. And she said that was the end of the seven year cycle. And this is all about change. We are now in the new cycle going forward. They're all like seven year cycles and we're okay. now in the new one and it is change and it is good and I'm just going yeah it is all right let me hop on that train I'm there yeah (laughs) I'm hopping on and I'm going with it too yeah okay well Allison I can't thank you enough for being part of this um this project the wildflower project part of my life I've learned tons from you and I so appreciate you being this open and sharing your story um because I know that somebody else that could be listening is going to benefit from it whether it's somebody that's dealing with loss themselves or someone that maybe is going to help somebody else with it and just to have a better understanding of it and uh so I so appreciate that well thank you because it's been a hell of a ride and you have been part of it every step of the way and from one mom to another Mm -hmm. I know you understand and you were Amy's mom too. So thank you. Thank we're you. going further. <laughs> so we're going to end here now. And thank you so much for, for being part of our journey too here. Because like I said, the more that we get to share even some of our stuff, it uh, helps us move along. And we're all trying just to, you know, to do life and find our way through it and what have you. So everybody keep blooming until next time. <laughs> <laughs>